he was talking about the experimental hop variety that was 438 and saying it you know gave barrel aging characters and that is now sabro so we've been doing this so long we've uh, seen a number of hops grow to maturity oh, the children are growing up pete <laughs> i was really starting to feel either very dated or um or very wise Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cryer Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryer Malt are dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors of this. And this is Brews News Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum. And joining me is the Radio Brews, oh, Australian Brews News editor and founder and my co-host, Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt. Good morning, Pete. Flying And, and just, just Matt. Just Matt, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's happened. Uh, well, Jimmy Gold uh, is gainfully employed these days, and uh, last night he was doing a late shift, and we record this very early um, on a Thursday morning, so it was just a little bit much for him. Um, and poor old Claire. Oh, where's Claire? Bear? She's not what's well. Happened? Yeah, oh. but you've got you know, you've got a closed shop. You've got a walled garden that you're living in up there with perfect weather all year round, every day, all day, every day. You're keeping out these nasty interlopers from interstate i thought you'd created nirvana up there it should be nobody should be getting sick well no but I, apparently she had a dodgy oyster oh. so blame it's... it on the shelf <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah blame it on the seafood yeah that's just shellfish <laughs> the takeaway yeah um no so uh, we're thinking of a clear get well soon and hopefully she's back in the office uh, sooner rather than later. Me too. Anyway, I'm sure stories are still getting done. And amongst the stories, Matt, that are getting done, Behemoth is urging a yes vote in a referendum. Now, I didn't even know there was a referendum, and I'm thinking, this to our good friends in New Zealand, uh, you're keeping it fairly quiet. Um, so I was thinking, oh, what are they changing the Constitution? Or is this a new Waitangi Treaty? Or, you know, <laughs> what could it be? But um, Auckland-based Behemoth Brewing is urging New Zealanders to vote for cannabis reform in October's general election and the re-release of its, uh, with the re-release of its award-winning referendum hazy IPA. Uh, Behemoth, of course, no stranger to political controversy. They've had beers like uh, Dump the Trump, uh, their impeachment sour, and uh, Andrew Charles didn't hesitate to jump into politically muddied waters at home when he was approached by the New Zealand Drug Foundation to support its uh, On Our Terms campaign to legalise cannabis. Uh, at the October 17 election, New Zealanders will vote yes or no in a referendum on the Cannabis Control Bill, which aims to make recreational use of cannabis legal under strict guidelines. Uh, strict as in uh, like what they do in I think many of the US have to states? Be over 20, yeah, yeah. I think you have to be over 20 um, and a few other things. I, I just thought it was interesting that it's the New Zealand Drug Foundation that's supporting um, the campaign. Uh, as much as anything, when you look at the Alcohol and Drug Foundation over here, it seems to be... Um, firmly in the fair camp, um, from either that or fair subverts its research to its own purposes. I'm, I haven't looked very closely at that. Yeah, I, uh, look, I know lots of people have. Uh, it's very polarising, and there's not you're either for it or against it. I don't think there are too many people who oh, I could take it either way, or oh, yeah, with some restrictions, or you know, oh, you know, to each his own. I think it's pretty much you either support it or you don't. But it also does highlight. I guess the the difficulties or the um, the interesting conundrums that come up when brewers or makers of you know we've seen recently in the news with Goodyear we've seen Nike we've seen uh, Gillette we've seen a lot of businesses that I guess hook their star to a or you know hook their wagon to a particular star um, and and it can and it can be polarizing for your brand. Yeah, well, and, and you make a good point. We talked about it recently. I think that any brand that gets involved in politics is going to want to know its audience pretty well in advance. Um, so you, you know, so, so essentially, you're reinforcing your brand to your audience that believes the same thing, um, and and knowing the vast majority support the thing that you are going to support. I don't know too many businesses that are going to support something that is counter to what their brand and therefore their customer base is already because that would be suicide? I think, again, there are, it's kind of two camps. And if you look at major sporting um, bodies across the world, 
when they get political, there's there's two sides. One goes, yeah, good on you using your voice for uh, you know championing the oppressed and all that sort of thing. But there are others who go, you know what, sport is my it, – it, it's my relief. It's my uh, – I, I want to get away from – uh, the rigmarole. I want to get away from politics. I just want to, you know, just switch off and <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to be lectured at. Yeah, un, 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 until there's something that you believe in, and then you jump on your pool. Yeah, but you, you, you don't. Yeah, you don't necessarily. Well, yeah. Anyway, I mean, I've got, I've got, the, the, this is a beer podcast, and we, you know, jump on politics when, when it suits us. You know, it, 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 it's one of those things. Anything that you don't want to hear, you, you know, somebody shouldn't be saying. But you know. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, if you look at you know, small p politics, you know, the, the Latin word or the, you know comes from the Greek, um, you know, of the of the people. So it's you know things that affect us all. So in that respect, uh, I think it's just when it when it becomes sort of capital P politicised and um, you know split down ideological boundaries, and it's almost like well, if you if you support this, then you have to support that as well. You know, well, I can actually you know lean one way on one thing and the other way on another. It doesn't make me one way one thing or the other. Yeah. But no, the, the thing I found interesting about this is it did take me back to our time in uh, the, the US back when we could travel uh, all those years ago. Oh, hold on. It was only what, eight, it was eight months, Almost this time ago. last year. Yeah, yeah. It was off, off the back of the uh, – so it was September of – late September, late September early October. October. So, yeah. Um, and, you know, it just even as I caught an Uber in from the airport in Portland, you know, seeing – billboards beside the road about you know where to get your cannabis um and yeah i i I wasn't aware that new zealand was doing a referendum i suspect that it probably we we haven't really started the serious discussion in in australia but i think it's just a matter of time before um those wheels turn in australia and so we probably should have a bit of a closer look at you know what the legalized cannabis market has done for the craft brewing market um because on one hand, the head of the New Zealand Drug Foundation was basically saying that recreational cannabis would appeal to people the same way that craft beer does. Um, you know, you get to find out about provenance and, you know, breeding, you know, much the same as hop varieties, which leads us into another story. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd, I've also seen stories I haven't really delved deeply into about whether legalising marijuana has an impact on beer supply. Yeah. Yeah. So we probably need to dig a little bit deeper into that, and then also look at the issue of, you know, because I know that there are people who say that you know recreational marijuana is less harmful than alcohol because it doesn't. Yeah. But um, so need to look into it. But no doubt it will feature. This is a bit of an over horizon look for our Australian uh, market. Yeah, and a, and a beautiful setup there, Matt. Nice little uh, segue. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that you want to tell us about the latest <laughs> proprietary uh, name, the experimental hop variety, formerly known as HBC 692, has been released commercially under the name Talus. Yeah. Um, we, uh, or Talus. Well, yeah, we, 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 we went looking mm. at that. Now, the only reason I know you thought it was a Greek god when you first heard the name. Well, it just sounded like, a, you know, either a Norse god or a, yeah, a Greek, you know, one of... One of uh, one of Zeus's minions. It did, um, but I saw on social media very briefly yesterday. Stan Hieronymus, um, who is the author of "For the Love of Hops," I think was his book. Among many, brew like a monk. Uh, I think. Stan oh yeah, was yeah. Stan's as well, wasn't it? And he's yeah, he's written everything. And he actually referenced an article in Bruce News on his uh, blog recently that w- that was quite nice. So there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, he he said that it came after a talus. It was named after a talus slope, which is that rock debris pile at the base of a mountain you know as rock erodes and it sort of tumbles down and then it finds it's sort of a little bit of a level um it, it builds up to an angle um so the talus is the is the angle i i, I well i yeah i, I actually i don't know I, or, or, it's, or it's it's uh, landfill dynamics I think it might be the dynamics, actually, now that you mention it, because I was comparing it to what we call a scree slope in Australia, which is you know that, the, the the rock that falls at, at the base of the mountain, but it is yeah. made up of scree, which is the fallen rock, whereas maybe talus is actually the angle where it finds its own angle. So anything that else that comes on will fall down unless the angle is such that it doesn't fall down, which seemed to be the uh, the way I read it. Anyway, 
This well, is it, could a, be the heel, <laughs> it could be a reference to the heel bone, Matt. It could be, which is the, the other thing that we tell us. <laughs> is to tell us as well. So, yeah. but anyway, we, we, this is a uh, it's not an etymology podcast um, or an entomology podcast. It is a beer podcast. And uh, tell us, is and the, we should just point out too, Matt, uh, just for our particularly for our Brisbane listeners that it's T A L U S, not good. Okay, so it's it's not yeah, not no, 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 not named after Gordon. Well, the, the the Broncos could do with a bit of good news this week, couldn't they? Didn't they get good news when their coach left? <laughs> it wasn't well, good news yeah. for the coach, but no, uh, true. It's, it's not a rugby league podcast either. Um, no. Anyway, uh, and and that's about my knowledge of uh, rugby league. Um, now, developed by the Hop Breeding Company, which is a joint venture between Yakima Chief Ranches LLC and John I Haas Incorporated. It is the latest creation from HBEC's advanced breeding program led by breeders Michael Ferguson of John Haas and Jason Perrault of uh, Yakima Chief Ranches. And a terrific bloke, Jason Perrault. Lovely guy. So I've linked to one of the many podcasts we've done with him and actually told people to go back because hops and hop breeding is something that we've talked a little bit because – and go back and listen to a number of our podcasts because – um, Talus's flavour profile draws from its roots as a cultivated daughter of Sabro, um, which was HBC 438. And Sabro has a Neo Mexicanus heritage, and we talked at length um, about Neo Mexicanus uh, last year. And I'm trying to think. We did. Which one? Eric Demeray. Er- er- Eric Demeray, at, at, yeah. At CLS. That's it. And, and funnily enough, when we spoke, the, the podcast that I've uh, linked to, which was episode 117 um, of Radio Brews News, was he was talking about the experimental hop variety that was 438 and saying it you know, gave barrel-aging characters, and that is now Sabro. So we've been doing this so long, we've uh, seen a number of hops grow to maturity. Oh, the children are growing up, Pete. <laughs> I was really starting to feel either. Very dated or um, or very wise. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling very old. Actually, I'm not feeling so old today because we don't have any young people to uh, slap us about. I must admit, I did. I don't. I don't often giggle at at, at, at people's uh, ill education, but there was somebody had posted on one of the one of the uh, the beer thread, uh, you know, one of the beer group pages, a screenshot of a I think it was an untapped uh, review of a Czech pilsner. Um, he said it's a bit lagery for uh, for an IPA, but, but it's not, but it's not too bad. And I thought that just really sums up how it's all just letters and numbers and words, and 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 until you you sort of come to that, uh, you know, awakening, um, it, it can be quite confusing. We take these things for granted, IPA, but I, I think a lot of a lot of people who are getting into IPAs now probably don't know, you know, the story of the India. They know this story, Company. but uh, DDH Hazy, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, nobody said, let's DDH the uh, bejesus out of this so we can send it to India. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people, uh, yeah, for a lot of people, IPA is just craft synonymous with craft beer. It's not actually a style. It is a catch-all D- for craft DDH beer. DDH Hazy were a, um, they were in the 80s, weren't they, a New Zealand cover band? <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, anyway, so uh, it was it was interesting to speak to um, you know when I was doing some research into six nine two um, DJ McCready, who we really need to catch up with on the podcast, Pete. Um, yes, formerly well, the original brewer at um, at Modus Operandi, and now at Mountain, uh, Culture. Mountain Culture. Yeah, and he, he trialed it in a beer, surprisingly um, simply called six nine two. Um, and he made a, a West Coast IPA that sounded like it was a true West Coast IPA. Um, and he, because he, he did describe that, you know, West Coast IPAs are typically fairly dry, but uh, 692 gave it a candy sweet finish that I thought was pretty cool for a high alpha resinous dank hop. So, yeah, anyway, so that was, uh, yeah, just interesting to see that hops are, you know, we're getting new hops and. Yeah, and listen, while we're at it, I'm going to shout out to a good friend of the program and, and good friend of ours, Muzzin Hajar, who doesn't listen to the program, so that's why I always <laughs> say stuff about him. Um, no, but he very But he kindly, sent you some beer, finally. He did. It is at the, the West Coast IPA. Now, I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction, Matt. That West Coast IPA is so good, I think it'll be at least 2021 before a, a, another IPA takes its crown as the AIBA um uh, Champion IPA. Okay. That's how good it is. Okay. Yeah, do, you want, do you want to think that one through? No, well, I haven't tried it, so I can't really comment. Well, no, well, well, we, we didn't have a 2020. Ah. 
Okay, sorry, I was just focused on on the fact that Muzzin had sent you some beer. Um, <laughs> he seems to send every other podcast beer, um, but probably because they say. Well, maybe I'm beer. supposed to share it, but ah, oh, borders. Oh, <laughs> you know, you're just outside the five Ks, Matt. And, no, you, uh, take... you, you miss out on plenty. I do, I do. So, uh, uh, speaking I'm of missing out, um, Fair hasn't hasn't missed out. They've uh, well, sorry. Uh, an anonymous complainant has uh, has not missed out in hitting Pirate Life and Juice again. So a complaint about third-party marketing featuring Pirate Life beers has been upheld by ABAC. The issue arose over a video for a media publication which featured Pirate Life snowboarding apparel collaboration beer, Burton Times or Burton X Pirate Life Frontside Ale. Pirate Life Frontside Ale, yeah. Eight minutes into the video, which was not pre-vetted by ABAC, the men are seen handing out beers, and subsequently, one of the men performs a backflip on a snow ramp, holding a can of Pirate Life, drinking it as he snowboards from the ramp. Uh, and then there was also a complaint relating to Currumbin Valley Brewing's breakfast juice, uh, which echoes issues that other breweries have had when it comes to um, you know, hashtag juicy beers. Uh, a, com- a complainant argued that the beer could appeal to miners as it resembles soft drink breakfast juice. Upheld. Next look, case. Yeah, look, I mean, again, both of these, like the, the Pirate Life one is an interesting one. Well, it's because, almost like they've, they've looked at the previous ruling and then come back and had another crack from a different angle. No, well... Or, see, or am I reading too much no, into no. that? Or is, so, it a, is it a separate... So Pirate Life didn't do the video. They um, sponsored, you know, the they, 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 they sponsored the magazine or the um, Snow, snowboarders with a view to getting product placement. You know, that's what a sponsorship is. They, they don't do it because they just love these fellas. They do it because they want to associate their brand with that sort of, um, you know, snowboarding culture and be seen drinking it and, you know... And presumably appeal to people who don't currently know about their beer. Well, you, you, you'd think so, which is all well and good. But this was a situation where, you know, they say they didn't exercise control over the video. Um, and so... Mm. It's not actually their marketing. Anything that they shared about this post didn't show anything irresponsible. Um, but you know, I, I can also see it from the anti-alcohol lobby. Um, you know, this is marketing, irresponsible marketing by stealth. Because you know, if you are sponsoring somebody as part of those contractual arrangements, you can enforce. You can say if you're going to showcase our product, it needs to be done according to these guidelines um so whilst on one hand pirate life is saying you know we had no control over this video you do um as a commercial partner you absolutely do um and then they also you know having presumably seen the video they still promoted the video whilst not promoting the dangerous elements of it and you know i i I think this sort of thing you know it's very pirate life you know sort of you know living on the edge um being edgy but they um the, the the risk is it does look like you're trying to get around ABAC codes through your sponsorship. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know whether they knew. But they can certainly control how their product is used in promotional videos. They can exercise some level of control over it. Well, presumably as a sponsor, the video production company would have sent them an edit, you know, like a draft for approval, given that they're, they're sponsoring. And I don't also know whether their they... product is... I don't know whether they did, but as a sponsor, that'd be that'd be very common practice. Ab- well, that that it might if you're exactly. taking money from somebody and putting something out either in their name or with their name in it, it's it's common courtesy. It is common courtesy, courtesy to do it. And yeah, also, just said, here's here's the rough draft. Um, yep. Let us know. Like we're not going to let you, you know, say, oh no, I don't like the music, or you know, change the color grading. But mm. if it's oh look, our product there, that's actually problematic because you know he's actually drinking it while he's you know halfway through a an ollie, an gnarly ollie, or whatever. Well, it, he was. That, like, um, that was the thing. He was standing there. I, I think he was. There was a shot of him actually um, snowboarding, you know, sipping from a beer. Yeah, and they could, they could have got the same effect if he if he was wearing a Pirate Life. If he was wearing logo. a Pirate Life logo, exactly. They, exactly. Or perhaps a pirate hat and a and a patch, an eye patch. And and to me, like again, you, you don't know, and all we can do is observe and comment and look at it. But pirate life does seem to want to push the boundaries, and you know, I, I was just minded, um, you know, back when smoking bans first started coming in, there was a loophole that smoking couldn't um, advertise in uh, magazines or uh, something like that, but. There was, and I believe the smoking lobby created a cigar aficionados magazine 
you know, they, they approached a publishing company to create a cigar aficionados magazine specifically because that was a loophole in it. So you could show people smoking in a magazine about cigars. Um, and, you know, the, the, the intent of the law was very clear. Um, there wasn't a magazine, but so they created a magazine that allowed them to do it. And there is just that element of this about the, the, the pirate life thing. They certainly have the ability to exercise control or have final approval before anything with their um, brand goes in. And I think yep. they were just sort of saying, wasn't us. Yep. What about breakfast juice? This one was one that I think it was just inexperience uh, in, in, in and sort of not thinking through. I, I don't think there was any intent on, on, on their part, but it was just one of those things that, you know, and unfortunately the label, you know, did clash with uh, previous d- d- decisions and, you know, using juicy and breakfast juice and those sorts of things is is really problematic. Yeah, yeah. And look, there are ways around it. Uh, I enjoyed a Tiny Piney, which is uh, stomping grounds. It's a 3%, I think. So it's a, like it's a mid-drink version yep. of their Piney, piney Dancer, um, which contains pineapple juice. But so you get all of that in the in the the messaging on the on the can and and that sort of thing without the confusion it's it's, it's clearly a beer so there are ways around it like i say yeah, it, it's that's probably just a uh you know just a, a rookie error uh, yeah absolutely yeah and it, it's just part of you know sort of being caught up in the idea sometimes yeah i do sense a uh, a bruise news week um one of our favorite uh, triple bungers so that was the that was the first plank um, uh, uh, ABAC, ABAC, which leads us nicely into brew. <laughs> See if you can guess, listeners, what the, what the third plank is going to be um, of your of your triple bunger. Um, more brew news today, Matt, uh, which uh, went to air just as we went to, just before we went to air. So we've snuck it in there without any notes. But um, well, at uh, least uh, one point two five million in oh, shares. Well, sold, at, at, at this stage, money raised. Yeah, no, at, at this stage. Um, now, just to Take you through it. There was a trading halt announced on the shares on Monday. It was pending a, a big announcement, and the big announcement was yesterday that they. It, it's now it's fairly complicated, um, and I'm not really a financial person, but they have essentially created new shares. You know, so if you if you thought that 700 million shares wasn't enough, um, they've now potentially created another. 500 million shares. Uh, oh, sorry, they had 710 million shares. They have created or issued an additional 70 million shares at uh, 0.018 cents per share, which has raised $1.24 million. That Those shares also come with, for every two shares, one option to buy a share for three cents, um, potentially in on or before 31 October 2022. So if the share price rises above three cents by then, they can buy the shares at three cents um, and and get the bonus. Then they've also, for existing shareholders, they have created a rights issue, which means you have the right to buy um, additional shares um, in the same you know, at, at the same. So if everybody takes it all up, they will have raised seven million dollars. But for now, they've raised one point two million dollars, which by Christ they need because they only had seventy nine thousand dollars in the bank, which at their current cash flow. Uh, or cash burn rate was, um, I think, six weeks worth of uh, cash burn. And they also needed the money because presumably CUB would be asking for payment for their contract brewed beer up front. There must be people around, Matt, who are just looking at that like, I don't know, Peter Foster must be sitting there going, <laughs> this well, is impressive. Look, is it kind of is it a bit like Bitcoin where, you, you know, you, you don't create any more Bitcoin but you have... You know, or you you fractionate well your total. No, each it, Bitcoin becomes half a Bitcoin, or it, but but it, it, it's it's something you can do. You know, say for example, yeah. um, you know, Bruce News had a hundred shares. Uh, you know, I own them all, um, but then I sold fifty to our, our listeners um, through an equity crowd fund, and so I have fifty percent, and they have fifty percent between them. Say we wanted to, uh, you know create a better website and we didn't have the money in the bank so I can create another 50 shares um, that dilutes everything um, by you know a, a third and right. use that money but you, your shareholders are going to be pissed off because they've bought it and then suddenly their shares are worth um, you know two-thirds of what they were but 
if the money that I raise is used to grow the overall value of the business, so say... You know, everyone wins. Everyone wins. So I can double the value yeah. of the business through what I invest in. Um, so even though your shareholding is smaller, your value is greater. Um, and so it's a perfectly legitimate thing to do in a business that is growing value. But Brew, you know, and, and Brew's done this a number of times. Um, you know, they have issued shares in, in the same way and they have just used the money to keep doing what they're doing. Um, you know, they, they bought Mildura Brewery, which would be worth next to nothing if they, if they went to sell it and they bought Mildura Brewery to bring their production in-house to supposedly lower their costs, but then they won't make any money so they've gone back to a contract model um, and... You know, so it was 12 months ago that uh, Brew announced that it had reached a distribution agreement with Bundaberg-based East End Gr- Hotel Group. And uh, Kent Grogan described the group as one of the state's biggest independent wholesalers. Now, when you go to it, and I would encourage everybody to do that, I might even put a link in the show notes, um, they do have a website, um, and the website shows that they've got four or five bottle shops. Now, <laughs> their bottle shops... Uh, you know, what you would expect of a fairly, um, you know, financially depressed region. Um, the, 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 as you go through the drive-through, they have... Everything's on pallets. There's, there's nothing... Everything's on you, pallets? You, no, nobody's buying, uh, you know, six mixed cans of uh, locally produced craft beer. Their specials board is um, content that's been printed out on coloured paper. They've got... Great Northern at forty nine ninety nine. They've got um, let's see. They've got imported. <laughs> they've got imported Becks, which I'd imagine would be grey market. You know the the the, the stuff that's at been best. dumped here. That's at thirty three dollars a carton. They've got VB at fifty one ninety nine a carton. But I think that's a carton of thirty. Brew. Guess guess how much Brew's selling for, Pete? Thirty five bucks. Thirty one ninety nine. So. I'm on my way now. Oh, hang on. <laughs> but, Order's but, closed. But, yeah, no, I, 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 phoned, um, I phoned a number of the bottle shops just to see whether they had any in stock because you, you see a lot of comments on social media. I've never seen it anywhere. Um, but the East End Hotel Group do have it at the bargain price of thirty one ninety nine. Now, this is a 4.2% beer. So, you know, they're paying $17 a carton maybe on... Seven. Uh, I need to. I don't yeah, know the calculator. closer to twenty. Closer to twenty. Just in, just an excise at that thirty one ninety nine. Um, that's with the retailer's margin on top. So brew isn't making. You know, brew can't be making a lot of money. Um, and if they're buying it through, uh, even if they're you know, as I um, hypothesised, my hypothesis. My, my hypothesis last week was that they're not even getting their beer made to a recipe. They're just rebadging um, something that CUB are already doing, you know, either Great Northern or something like that. Um, they can't be making a lot of money out of it. It's cash flow. Apparently, they're selling heaps of it. It's selling by the pallet load up there, but they're not. They can't be making a lot of money. So, it yeah. Perhaps perhaps they're just going for brand awareness, Matt. Well, in a very well, maybe they are, but. As it's I went through, getting their name out there. The East End <laughs> bottle shop, um, the, the the selection of East End bottle shops, um, you know, it posts quite regularly their specials. Um, Brew doesn't feature in any of the specials, so that thirty one ninety nine isn't a special price. It is their regular price. Um, That's your yeah, down down prices are down regular everyday yeah. low price. Yeah, but they're not. They don't feature anywhere in the Facebook feed for any of these, so they're not being promoted. It's just selling purely on price. Um, so. Yeah, I, I look. I it, it just and and my and my spies tell me that even the um, owner up there, you know, reckons it's um <laughs> that there's something dodgy about it, but he doesn't care because it's walking out the door. So, <laughs> brew is a big seller, but not a big uh, big earner. Cash flow is king. Mm. Anyway, uh, let's move on. And to the what, third what's the plank? three? Yeah, what, what, what's the, the third leg in our tripod? Well, we have, we've had a back, <laughs> then we've had brew. So what's left? Brew the other dog. big B. 
Brewdog goes carbon negative. Scottish craft brewer Brewdog has announced that it has taken the unprecedented step to become carbon negative and that it will remove twice as much carbon from the air than it emits every single year, making it the first carbon negative international beer brand in the world as it sets out to fight climate change and have a positive impact on the planet. Uh, as part of the efforts, uh, which include um, a, a climate action program with uh, 30 million pounds, so that's 55 million Australian dollars of green investments across its business. Uh, as part of these efforts, it's also purchased 2,050 acres of Scottish highlands just no north of Loch Lomond to create the Brewdog Forest and plans to plant 1 million trees over the next few years. Meanwhile, BrewDog Australia is launching a host of green infrastructure projects and sustainability initiatives, including the introduction of solar panels, a partnership with carbon neutrals Yarra Yarra Biodiversity Project to offset all excess CO2 emissions, and the creation of a sustainable drive-through. That, that one intrigued I'm me, Matt. What's a sustainable sure drive-through? I don't know. <laughs> is it where perhaps you, you turn the car off and it goes on a, a solar-powered um, carousel or something and brings your car through the drive-through so you don't actually emit any emissions? No idea. I don't know. We'll, we'll watch it. And again, I don't like, yeah, certainly don't want to poo-poo um, anything that's good for the environment is good for all of us. Um, I'll wait, I, I do wait to see because I think they were going to invite um, Brewdog equity punks to come and help plant the trees. So it'll be interesting to see whether that has the same sort of take up as the uh, annual general mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'd spend a weekend in the, the Scottish Highlands um, if there was a beer in it and I'd plant a couple of mighty oaks. Or future mighty oaks. Future I don't know. mighty oaks. Yeah. Well, and, and good luck. Well, I, I, um, and, and good luck to them for doing it. Um, the interesting thing, like it was, that they were teasing this announcement, um, and it was interesting to see what the plans were for, um, you know, what what the they said, be ready for a big announcement this weekend. And you know, some of the announcements were, uh, you know, some some of the projected announcements were um, they were going to take over Stone. So we would have actually had four of our. Uh, big four. Had you would have got four the for the price of three. <laughs> yeah. It would have been uh, it would have been pretty cool, but no, it was um it was that. But did you also see the Aldi? Um, I did. I, I was going to say I, I thought we might have snuck that one in. Uh, that Aldi had had done a a home brand beer, which is what Aldi very does. Much like yeah, Punk IPA. Yeah, which was anti-establishment um, anti-establishment oh. IPA that looked very much like the Brewdog livery. Um, which which was interesting. Very very close. <laughs> yeah, but you know, let, let's what, what face it. I thought it was a great response for them to come up with Aldi PA. Well, Yaldi. It was it was Yaldi originally, Yaldi. and then yeah. they've agreed to be Aldi PA. Um, is the Brewdog one, but it was it was so. Well I did done. like the way that rather than lawyers at twenty paces, they gone. Actually, that's pretty good. Um, can we stock it? <laughs> <laughs> well. That, but that, like, again, does that, does, does that upset a punk? Does that upset a, 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 a disruptor? That no, 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 you're supposed to get all upset. <laughs> well, may, maybe it's just me being cynical, Pete. But I, I'm still wondering whether this whole thing wasn't choreographed in advance. You do this, we'll do this, and then you do this, and you know, we'll get so much free news. Well, uh, yeah, you, you've, you've got your spies. Uh, I don't your, have your, any East End bottle shops, but well, <laughs> I, I reckon we've got some people that we could. Uh, I might just pick up the phone and dial one three hundred eight five two two three five, and speak to our good friends at Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging, Matt, to see if um, perhaps they were approached to um, do the rebrand. You know, keep quiet about yeah about the <laughs> rebrand and and come up with the uh, with the labels because I don't know whether are they uh, sleeves are they shrink wraps are they um, whatever stickers? they are. It would be a perfect solution for Brewdog because they are environmentally friendly. And also, uh, Brewdog Brisbane and Rowling's label stickers and packaging are, are Queensland-based. They are. They are. So, they are. So, so that would almost be carbon negative. Positively carbon negative. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, if... Um, if you if you want more information about uh, self adhesive labels or shrinks or pre printed cans, bottles, whatever, uh, Rellings labels, stickers and packaging, give the guys a call one three hundred eight five two two three five to find out more. Now Melbourne Brewers, Matt, a good news story. Uh, teaming up for a sustainable beer, Melbourne's Burnley Brewing and a local beer. That's uh, a a business called A Local, local Beer, beer yep. have teamed up for a sustainable beer made from surplus bread and locally sourced fruit. This is a great story. Um, 
So a local beer leases tanks from Burnley Brewing um, for its range of what they describe as socially responsible beers, and it's launching the Fruits of Our Labour series using leftover produce to make limited-release beers, which in turn funds meals as part of the um, the, the charitable tie-up with uh, Second Bite Foundation. And Second Bite is backed by 500000 in funding from Coles, which aims to redistrib- redistribute redistribute uh, surplus food through non-profit organisations throughout Australia and the local beer has been working with the organisation since it started. So um, that's nice on a couple of levels. I have to say we get a lot of it, – it, it's one of the rising trends in craft beer which is, you know, beer for social cause um, where social entrepreneurs are starting up their contract brewing and using nominally the proceeds of the beer for a, a, a good thing. Uh, yeah, for for a, what what they say is a um, a cause, a, a cause, and you know it. I I struggle a little bit with it, in 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 the same way that you know when you get your first media release from the latest um, Nomad Brewer, you know it's a couple of mates got together, decided to go down to their local you know microbrewery, smash out a couple of beers. They've got a clever name, and then they they do it two or three times and then disappear. Yeah, because it turns out living the dream. Living the dream is bloody hard. You know, it's, 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 hard. it's really hard. It's a lot harder than you think. To make money, um, particularly as a contract brewer, it's much harder doing that when you don't, you know, when you don't have stainless steel and you've got a, you want to have a story that is your brand. It's a hard thing to create a brand when you don't have a brewery. And I see that the social um, entrepreneurship is a way of doing that. Um, and you know, like a, um, James Grujon, um is you know I'd, a good beer a good beer co a, a good beer co um you know like I didn't write about him for uh you know for, for what he was doing because you know I really liked him talked a big game but you couldn't see how it was going to work um but it, you know he's got runs on the board he's been here for three or four years and the other thing is I, I think that if you are going to market yourself and create your brand value around saying, well, we're giving money to charity or this is what we're going to give. That sort of demands a little bit of transparency around it, um, you know, around how much. You can't just say a you know, percentage of our a percentage profits, of or, profits percent, or it the is going to go. Proceeds from the sale of this beer, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, just to contrast it, you know, Hawks Brewing, um, which on one hand has a very strong brand because of its association with Bob Hawke that is endorsed, but they've always presented themselves as, you know, giving to um, Landcare. Uh, I think it's Landcare um, uh, Australia. But they won't specify what percentage of, you know, whether it's what their profits. They won't specify. They they won't say how much they've given in total after you know three or four years. Uh, after three years, Landcare says that we keep all of this in confidence. Um, and so you essentially, they're marketing the that you should buy this beer for the good that we're doing, but you've got no, uh, you know, that they don't feel that they need to disclose how much has been raised. Um, and, you know, I, I, I had a friend <laughs> once who had a not-for-profit business that he described as not-for-profit business, and I said, so I, how does that work? He goes, oh, anything I don't pay, you know, <laughs> what I pay myself is a salary, so, you know, not-for-profit is basically what I say it is. Um, and, you know... I just think, well, if you're going to market yourself as doing good, you need to give a, a be fairly transparent about how much you're doing. Now, that was a bit and of a would diversion. It, would it kill you to do some good? <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think you, you know, as part of your social charter is, you know, reporting back on what social good you're doing, not just to say, that, and that's all a way of, uh, you know, we get a lot of media releases um, about breweries that, that are doing it. And we're seeing a lot of breweries that, they're, they're breweries first, and then they look at their social contract, you know, as part of their role. And Stone and Wood is a great example of that. You know, I think a yep. dollar from every paddle that they sell at their tap room goes to, um, you know, their um, charity and their charitable endeavours. And they do an annual report or, you know, release where they say how much money they're giving over. How much money has been raised, yeah, and, and where it's going. And, and there, there are a lot of um, businesses that... That is a big part of their core foundation. Is well, we're a brewing business, but we're a brewing business that also wants to do good, and we give back in this way. And and I do worry that if you give too much focus to startup breweries, 
that don't have a proven track record, that don't have a, a brewery, but say that, you know, buy us for this reason, and it's a very popular cause, then sometimes you can be actually taking the wind out of the sails of the businesses that have invested um, in, in the business and are also doing good. Yeah, it, it jades people to, you know, if you hear about one that's doing the wrong thing, it, it just makes you a little bit wary, a bit gun-shy mm. of, of supporting the next one that comes along, which may be, you know, a, a good beer coat. It could be a James Grusion. And, and I, look, I know that James isn't making a lot of money out of, you know, he, he does it very much out of passion. He does it very much out of, um, you know, and he works... A sense of wanting to do good. Good. And he work, um, He kills himself. Um, you know, like he works, he, he is just an absolute machine and a dynamo um, and he's not making a lot of money out of it. And when I look at how hard he's working, I just don't know how, you know, if somebody else is doing it better, good luck to them. But, you know... It's hard to make money out of it, um, and that's all. Long, that, that none, of, none of this has anything to do with um, Burnley and a local beer, except it's, it's one of the things that we do before we do a story. We do dig fairly deeply. We don't just put a media release out for the latest um, feel-good thing that just because and just because you're a charity and you're doing it for a yeah. good purpose, you can avoid scrutiny, um, or that just because you're doing it charitably, we should cover it put it up there for, yeah just for clicks and giggles just just for click or just because it makes us look good for supporting your feel-good um story so yeah it, it but anyway th- this was a really nice one know the guys at burnley we we looked into it and uh yeah it was it was an interesting um thing and they also do i think you know like it's a four meals are raised from every um uh four pack i think something along those lines is the way it's calculated but Details are in the story. Yep. Uh, speaking of winning, our last story, Matt. Blaster wins big at the Perth Royal Beer Awards. I remember beer awards. Do you I remember, do beer, remember awards? beer awards? Yeah. <laughs> See, what happens when you close your borders? You can actually have people come together. Yeah. And have beer Australia's awards. best beer has been revealed, and it's a triumph for Western Australia. Judges at the Perth Royal Beer Awards have lifted the lid on their champion brew for 2020, and it's good news for Perth and WA. Blaster Brewing Company, based in Burswood, took home six medals and four trophies in total, including the coveted trophy for champion beer, which was their Chainbreaker IPA. The prize is the highest award available to commercial brewers at the annual event, in which a panel of experts scrutinise hundreds of beers from across Australia. And look, Michael sent me a couple of, Michael Morgan, a regular listener um, and friend of the show, sent me a couple of Blaster beers. So I didn't get any of, uh, any Hawkers, but I did get some Blaster. Um, Blaster, And mate, it was bang on. It was a really, really impressive beer, um, the, the one that I tried. So I can see was how it right, well. Was it right It was balanced. So yes, it was, Excellent. but it was balanced. But now, Pete, this is something that we, when the RNA did their beer awards at Queensland, um, RNA did theirs. You know, they described it as Australia's best beer. What? It's a state-based award. You know, is that a little bit of overreach? Yeah, you you want to pump up your own tyres. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. My grandfather used to say, you know, don't 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 ever be ashamed <laughs> to blow your own trumpet. No other bastard will do it for you. Yeah, yeah. I'd... Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Look, I, I'm I'm happy for them to put a little bit of GST on it. Okay. Or in, like, in it, some it, cases, it, I think you know. Australia's best beer has been revealed. That's that's probably slathered in mayo, isn't it? Really. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh, before well we move to on them. to mailbag, though, there there was a there was a, there was a story that I did want to. Um, uh, I, I posted to our um, Facebook group uh, t- today, and I couldn't resist it because the Guardian covered Alcopops um, under the headline uh, Seltzer and described it as Alcopops grown up, a wave of hard seltzers has hit Australian shores. And I just lifted a couple of paragraphs out of it that were just too good to let slide because um, I thought that our readers might enjoy it. And I, get, I had to get, stop. Gather round, children. Uncle Matt's going to read <laughs> a couple of paragraphs from the big book of fairy tales. It was just gold line it, stuff that I would wish I'd, I'd written. Um, and I'll just give you a couple of selected snippets and uh, you can see it in the Facebook page. They have vaguely beachy names such as Sips, Good Times, Sun, Sunly, Ray and Tidal, and all seem to share the aesthetics of a cool child's bedroom. They are lower in carbs and calories uh, than most pre-mixed alcoholic beverages and mostly taste like drinking fizzy water in the same room as someone painting their nails. Um, and and they, they say that like it's a good thing. <laughs> and they all want you to think of hard seltzer in the same way as a breezy, health-conscious but fun summer drink. I'm not like the other Alka Pops. I'm a cool Alka Pop. Um, and I just had to, like, that was the thing. I, I posted those, but it was just 
whoever wrote this, uh, I salute you because oh, yeah. look, well done. The Guardian, uh, it just a, a, an absolute bastion of um, journalistic integrity. Oh well, no, it, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. It's a little bit left uh, for, for my taste and uh, a little bit unbalanced. But in this case, I just found they they found, you know as, as always when somebody agrees with you, you sort of say, "Gee, they're good." <laughs> they, they, they got that one right. But, uh, oh dear, oh dear, yeah. oh dear. No, look, but but what do watch out as? Uh, oh, shakes me head. As seltzers be, you know, and we're not even into summer. Um, you know, it's still pretty cold in uh, in Melbourne, but they are going to be huge this summer. And watch for yeah, the, the mainstream invasion of the seltzers. The mainstream media doesn't seem to be taking them too seriously, and I think that they're going to draw a lot of scrutiny uh, for the you know the health claims. Um, and they're yeah, gonna, they're yeah. going to. Be fodder for a lot of anti-alcohol complaints and uh, watch this space. Stay tuned. Uh, and now it's time to dive into the mailbag. Don't forget you can review us uh, on iTunes or send us in an email and you will be in the draw for the letter of the week. You can also join our Facebook group. Just uh, search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel and Deb Lou Bakes. Um, all letter writers will receive a uh, Deb Lou Bakes Bicky. And are they gingerbread, Matt? They are gingerbread. The Bruce New- yeah, Bruce New- Radio Bruce News logo on. Yep. Um, and you go into the draw to win a mixed six-pack. Thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, who for many years now have sponsored our Letter of the Week. Uh, don't forget to subscribe um, to the podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you can. It doesn't take any time and it costs you nothing. And it just helps other people find it. And for that, we are eternally grateful. We're also grateful too. People like Phil Sharp in the Facebook group who um, sent us a picture, uh, a screenshot. Uh, one for you, Matt Kierkegaard. How the word <laughs> booze originated according to a book on malt. Uh, and Phil, of course, we should point out, he's probably, this is probably part of his homework. Um, he's doing the, the Queensland TAFE course, uh, the brewing, the new brewing course. Correct. These techniques are still in use in the Nile area today. The English word booze is derived from boozer, a beer made from bread and malt in the Nile Valley. Although most Western malts undergo a kilning step to dry them after germination, these primitive malting processes often finish with the germinated uh, grain being used green, uh, undried, or with the kernels drying in the sun. So there we go. Boozer, bread ma- uh, beer made from bread and malt. Yes, but as Nile we know, Valley, the, uh, and, and that's the etymology. Um, this is etymology today with Matt and Pete. Um, <laughs> that is the uh, the origins of the word. But as we know, Pete, words can change I, I, I their think meanings. it's more entomology because it's starting to bug me. It's starting to bug you. But uh, yes, so I'd, I'd, uh, thank you for telling me about the origins of the word uh, booze, but that doesn't mean that it is any more no, lots of lots edifying. of words that used to be able to use because the origins were completely harmless, but we can't it's try them around on the radio now. No, but anyway, um, but yes, so it doesn't. But it doesn't make uh, the word booze when applied to uh, mark, drinks that you want to be taken seriously by grown-up people. Um, yeah, any better. And to finish off, Matt, uh, proving two things: one, that uh, people do listen to the podcast and uh, and respond to it, but it also does mean that uh, we're we're getting people to think about, uh, I guess, some of the the issues that we sometimes take for granted. And uh, Daniel Ridd, after listening to last week's show, I'm reconsidering the use of hashtag support local on social media. And that was yeah. where we spoke about how, in the same way that the term craft was kind of co opted, I guess, by big breweries. Support local is also, uh, I guess, available to be not not misused, but to be fairly used. And uh, but you know, depending on your point of view, uh, not as local. Well, that that's the thing. Like co-opted, as perhaps some others are. Co-opted is potentially a little bit um, pejorative because it wasn't like. You know, when you've got a brewery like uh, Sierra Nevada, as we talked about last week, making you know. The, the the volumes of beer that they make, um, and then you've got um, breweries like Coopers or you know the the, the craft arms of the big breweries um, making beer that's you know of the same quality. How can you not call it craft? Um, and you know, local is something you can touch. And to a lot of people, you know, Forex is their local brewery, and they like it because it's the the, the beer for Queensland. So it, it wasn't. You know, like I wasn't having a go. I wasn't sort of criticising it, but you know, I just have a natural. Um, you know, cynicism for blanket terms, you know, for, for campaigning because the people who need the campaigning terms the most often to be the ones that, you know, it, it, it applies to um, the, 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 the least because the truly local businesses 
their their local audience knows that they're local and they know and uh you know to 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 campaign for for big things um means that you throw a blanket over a whole lot of people that you, you you're probably not intending to so uh yeah I, I wasn't trying to dissuade anyone from supporting local or saying that it was a bad thing. No, but as I, it's, it's good that uh, we are making, I guess you know, giving people uh, opinions upon which to ponder. Exactly, and, and I don't, you know, again, I, I still ninety like, percent. Oh, and again, that is, you know, the discussion was uh, amiable and mature and um, engaging. Congratulations to the yeah the the, the group who always managed. Well to, done yet again, guys. Yes. Well done yet again. Best Facebook group on the internet. Well done yet again. To Beer Cartel, to our good friends at Rellings, Label, Stickers and Packaging, and to Cry Malt. Thanks to you, Matt. Thank you to you, Pete. What are you up to this week? Uh, I'll, well, just pre- I'll just preempt your return of serve by just saying we're doing exactly the same. We're just, <laughs> we're in- well, last night I watched the uh, the, the Jeff Horn bout. Um, now, this, this surprises me. I would not have picked you as a uh, purveyor of the pugilistic arts. Oh, well, I'm not. And, you know, anyone who's seen me knows I'm not built for boxing. Um, and... Uh, I have a very low threshold of pain, um, but like most things, if it's on TV, I'll watch it. Um, but Tony Harper, who I interviewed for our 500th podcast this week. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's well worth um, listening to. Uh, it was really interesting uh, about the role of Britannomyces, um, and Tony's not a fan, as you would expect a lot of wine writers, but he has some very interesting insights in, into it. But uh, yeah, Tony... Is a boxing enthusiast. He was the Australian correspondent for an English boxing magazine, as well as being a uh, restaurant reviewer, wine writer, bottle shop owner. Uh, he's a bit of a Renaissance man, and uh, we, we were talking about it. And uh, you know, hearing him speak passionately about the boxing, I thought, oh, if, if I'm going to watch, watch a um, boxing match, I might as well watch it with someone who can educate me. And it was a room of boxers, including some uh, former um, Commonwealth. Uh, Games champion boxers, I believe, and uh, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, so it was interesting. It was interesting. I, I don't feel so bad about you uh, stiffing us from uh, online cards Cut. last night. Then now, mm. I thought, I thought, uh, I'm sure Matt will be in this this week. Oh no, I'm watching the boxing. I'm thinking, no, you're covering for something else. You're, <laughs> it's just, oh no, I've got to do the boxing. Yep, no, I but was that, drinking uh, Brouhaha IPA and watching uh, um, a young man by the name of Tim Zhu um, cover himself in glory. There you go. Was it? Was it? Uh, you know, state of origin. Was it? You know, did they talk it up that it was? You know, Queenslander versus a, a New South Welshman. They had the compulsory uh, blue jersey, red jersey um, promo beforehand, <laughs> so there was a little bit of that there. Uh, good, they didn't miss that opportunity. Mm. Uh, speaking of missing, we did miss Claire this week and uh, Jimmy. So hello to them, um, and uh, thank you very much to all of you for listening. Um, and we'll see you all next time on the next episode of Brews News Week. But you'll hear us next time. We probably won't see them. It's not Romper Room. Yeah. Well, you know, they've got <laughs> imagination. They probably don't even know who Romper Room is or what Romper Room is. And we're out. <laughs> don't forget, if you like what we do here at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You'll find details in the show notes. You can also review us on iTunes or whatever your favourite podcasting service happens to be. Let us know what you think and help others find and discover our shows. Finally, you can tell us what you think about what's going on in the beer industry by emailing us at producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive in return, as by way of thanks, a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our very good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of great Australian beer. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because, as you may have heard, beer is a conversation. Beer.